And that place sold in one day, and then it was off to the races from there. There, I never looked back. So the big question is, what are the top agents doing to absolutely crush it in real estate, grow their teams, and add more transactions year over year while so many struggle? If you ever thought about this, you're not alone. No one has been able to get the answers until now. We spent the last few years helping agents sell billions in real estate, rubbing shoulders with top producers, which got us thinking. How can we expose more people to these insights to help raise the standard in the whole real estate industry? We then realized that we could help bridge the gap by getting secrets from the best of the best so that you can succeed. My name is Andrew Dunn. And my name is Peter Michael. Welcome to Elite Agent Secrets. Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of Elite Agent Secrets. Today, we've got Mike Siancy with us. He's been in real estate for 15 years. This year, he's going to do 95 transactions, and he's got one admin and one marketing assistant on his team. This is fucking crazy. The topics we're going to be discussing today, finding your niche, getting up before everyone else, and be the guy or gal that everybody wants to work with. Mike, thanks for jumping on with us today. This is going to be fire. We're looking forward to unpacking how you've done 95 deals this year, like with two other people. This is crazy, man. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for having me, guys. It's truly an honor to be here. I know you guys are in top 100 podcasts and, um, you know, just you guys seeking me out. Uh, it's, it's definitely an honor and I uh, love to share what's worked for me over the past. Uh, I've been in the business 16, 15 years, um, but Truly, over the past four and a half, five years, um, no, more like five years, uh, my, my business uh, definitely skyrocketed. And there's definitely, I can give you tangible reasons why that happened. Um, and it's, it's very fulfilling. And, you know, it just, it's, a, it's a really good feeling to know that I, could, I made a switch um, five years ago. Um, and I can tell you what day it happened. Um, and and I'm living it out right now. It's it's so, really so Michael. Really before you tell us exactly what happened and how it happened, we got to take it back to day one. What made you get into this industry to begin with? How did you get started? And then just to give everybody a little bit of context to where you are today. Awesome. Yeah. So I never actually had an affinity towards real estate. I you know I got into the business. I never owned a home. Um, what really you know, lit, lit me up with real estate or got me like on the right track. I was in college. Um, this is the only career I've ever had, believe it or not. Um, but when I was in college, I was bartending, uh, right, right in my hometown and, um, where I was going to school and a couple of guys from across the street, uh, that worked for the Berkshire Hathaway office Prudential at the time. Um, they would come in. I, I really liked those guys and they just seemed like really cool pe- guys and girls. Um, so I got talking with them and I knew it was easy to get into the business, which is a gift and a curse um, for most of the people that are in the business understand that. Um, but I got my degree and I right after I got my degree in college, I, I got into real estate. So um, I got into it about 15 years ago. And again, there was no real reason. I didn't love homes or any of that. I never bought a home. I didn't know the process. All I saw was cool guys. And um, I just thought it was an easy business to get into. And and I ran with it. I love that. That's awesome. What was your first year like then? So you said, I know you said the last five years have been a lot of growth, which I want to unpack, obviously. But what was your first years like? Was your first year good? Was it bad? Were your first five years 
good, bad? Like, how? What were your transactions? How did that look? Yeah. Okay. Good question. The first year, I, I think I closed eight transactions. Um, I was on a team uh, in the very beginning for probably the first like eight or nine months. Um, I don't really want to get into that because it's not really relevant, but how it looked was I did eight transactions. I was bartending. I graduated college. Um, I was bartending. I bartended for 10 years, like four years in college and like five or so years after I got into real estate. So I was dabbling kind of both ways uh, for about five years. So that first year, I wasn't really, I mean, I was motivated, but I, I just, nothing, you know, I, I didn't, wasn't structured. I, I, I fell into eight deals because I knew a lot of people. Um, but I was also bartending at the same time. So, so selling homes wasn't a necessity. I was already making money. I was making cash just from bartending. So my first year was, was good. There was just no pressure. And, and I, I did fairly well for myself. Nice. And then what happened then five years ago? Yeah. Okay. So, all right. I, I've in my market center, I've, you know, I, I, I do talk a lot to a lot of people and, and I, I sit down with newer agents and, and seasoned agents and tell them a little bit about my story. Um, okay. So five years ago, was it five years ago? It was 2000, it was 2015 going into 2016. So it was six years ago. Um, and I know, so as, as 2015, 2015, I got married. So I got a little bit more, I got a little bit more, um, serious with my life. Um, you know, I had a wife to take care of and, you know, so, and then she kind of grounded me a lot. Um, but towards, I would say my whole career up until about 2015, I went, I was winging it. You know, I was just kind of going where people took me. Um, I would go where the business was. Um, I never had a plan. I didn't even have a listing presentation. Um, what I was doing is I was going into these appointments and I was just trying to charm people, which, you know, it worked for the most part, but it, you know, once I started to get a little bit more seasoned, I was competing with other really seasoned agents. So at the tail end of 2015, I was missing out on listing appointment after listing appointment after listing. I remember I went on three in a row and I, I never even got calls back. Like that's how, that's how bad my like my strategy was like it, people really didn't really take me seriously. And guess what? I got mad at those people and at 2000, 2015 going into 16, I was like, I'm not, I shouldn't be mad at those people. I should be mad at myself, you know, take some responsibility. What am I doing wrong? And that's when my whole life turned around, my whole business life turned around. Um, so what I did was I missed, I remember missing out on the one last appointment. I called the seller I went on the appointment on a Sunday, called them and it went well. I thought I had the listing. I called them on Wednesday. I was like, Hey, just following up. And guess what they said? They said, Oh, Mike, uh, we, yeah, we actually, we picked another agent. Uh, thanks for stopping by. And they didn't even think to call me. And that's when I hit rock bottom. Um, and I wasn't broke by any stretch, but I knew I had so much, so much in the tank and I was just not, I was not exhausting it. Um, so 2015 going into 16, I made a promise to myself that I would, I would, I would turn things around. I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know how to do it. All I knew was I was going to start. So that November in 2000, November and December in 2000, 2015, I, I the, the first thing I did, the, the, the first thing that I, I did and to this day changed my life was 
I would start to get up at five o'clock in the morning. Um, and I didn't know what I was going to do at that point, but I, I just started getting up before I was just waking up when my eyes opened <laughs> and I had no direction. I was doing decent business. I was selling about like eight or $9 million a year at that point. So I was making a decent living, but I knew I was leaving money on the table left and right. So, you know, to this day, there's not a day other than the weekend that I don't wake up at four o'clock in the morning right now. Like that is my, that is my one secret potion that changed everything. Cause when I started waking up early, I started coming up with game plans and I started getting ahead of the day. And from that, I just started to explode. Um, and I, and there's definitely things I've done other than waking up early. Like I can list the things that I, that I started doing. Um, and it just snowballed and then my confidence grew and then I started doubling and tripling and quadrupling my business. So, so I know we're going to go a little bit out of order, but we want to continue this specific topic because a lot of people are probably listening and thinking, what the hell do I do at 5 a.m. other than maybe go to the gym? And that's like the, the first thing that comes through my mind, right? Like when I wake up, I'm half asleep, I get in my car, hopefully the pre-workout kicks in by the time I arrive and I, you know, I just spend a little bit of quote unquote me time, but I'm like, I oh, still get the chance to check emails and stuff like that. So what do you do when you get up to get a head start, not only on everybody else, but also to get yourself right? Okay, great question. Um, what I did before is different than what I do now. Um, I was always a gym guy. Like I've always like, cared about my health uh, before, like when I was not purposeful, I was going to the gym at like two o'clock in the afternoon and staying there till five and just <laughs> doing crazy stuff, you know, but now like, so January 1st, 2016, I started getting up early. I didn't think to go to the gym early in the morning like that. I do that now. And I can tell you what I do now as opposed to what I do then, what I did then. But what I did then was I started, I remember January 1st, 2016, I got up. It was actually easy that first day, then the second, third, whatever. The, the next two weeks were hard because I was really excited in the beginning. And then it got a little bit more difficult. And then by 30 days, it was like it was like clockwork. But back then, what I did was I would just go online and I would study other what other agents were doing. I mean, that was huge. I, I the people that I looked up to um, in this business, I looked at their websites, I looked at, you know their social media. I looked at how they were doing things and I just started getting ideas. And then what I did was I got into a coaching program and there was, you know, I'm, you know, there was one specific thing in that coaching program that, that a light bulb went off and I studied that. And what it was, was it was how to, how to devise a listing presentation. Cause that was my biggest flaw. I didn't know how to get, I, I would get listings just from stumbling into them but I would never go on an appointment where I was competitive and I would get the listing that never happened with me. I would always be like, Oh, you know, you were like, you were our next call. Like you would have, but I wanted to be the guy that everyone wanted to work with. So um, I studied how to, how to do a listing presentation. And then I, um, and then I developed my presentation. Um, that, that was my, my next step. So once I got my presentation down and I went on my first appointment and I got it, and my, my confidence just never was so high in my life. Interesting. So I, I love how you're giving people context of what you were doing then and what you're doing now, because people are like, well, 
I can't do that. What was he doing then to get to where he is today? So it's interesting that how your routine has switched. Now, do you also find yourself still studying like the agents in depth or do you find other people studying you now the way you used to study the successful agents? Because now you're one of them, right? Yeah, yeah. I um, That's an awesome question because I've been thinking about that recently. I'm just trying to think about how to get to that next level, like how to break through to the next level. Um, and I'm not doing that. I'm not stu- studying other agents now. Um, that's probably something I should get back into. Um, but now that... Um, now that I've done 95 transactions to oppose, oppose as opposed to doing 23 transactions in a year, my time is a little bit more limited. So, you know, my strategy is a little bit different. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's really cool. You're right to compare what I was doing then to what I was doing now and what I was doing then. Um, well, back, back when January 1st hit that year, yeah, I developed my my presentation and then and then I just kept practicing and practicing and getting better at it. Um, and then I, then it was go time to finally do my first presentation. What I did was I called that. I can tell you what I did. I called the, I called the homeowner. I got a lead. They had no idea. I was calling them and I said, Hey, my friend said that you were sell, blah, blah, blah. Like, Oh no, we already have an agent. Um, but you know, feel free to stop by. I was like, all right, how am I going to do this? It was probably the nicest house, one of the nicest homes in the town that I live in. So I drove by and I was like, wow. Um, so what I did is I, 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 I followed verbatim what I needed to do on that listing presentation from the coaching program. And I did it. And then when I did the presentation, I nailed it. And at the table, they told me, well, my mind's made up. We want to list with you. And that was like everything I needed to hear because it validated everything that I was doing to practice, to get me to where I wanted to be. And um, I walked out of that house with my head this big. I was like, I was so confident after that. It was a million dollar listing. I had never sold a million dollar house at that point in my career. At that point, I was in the business for 10 years and I never sold a million dollar house. And I was just so ecstatic. And then that place sold in one day and then it was off to the races from there. There, I never looked back. Whoa, that's, that's, that's pretty amazing. Where do you feel like all the prep work was what was responsible or was it because you put your ego aside and you were like, fuck this, I'm just going to follow this thing exactly to a T and I know it like the back of my hand. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say, I would say it was the practice that got it to like my ego. I mean, I think we all have an ego. Um, and that's part of what I wanted to talk about. I do my best to just not, not have my ego involved. I mean, to myself, I'm egotistical, but to the outside world, I try not to be. So to answer your question, it was more for that particular occurrence. It was, it was the preparation because the preparation got me ready and, the, and that my readiness gave me confidence. I was still nervous going in to present an actual presentation. But um, when I nailed it, I was just ecstatic. And the preparation is what helped me. I, I, would, I practiced it like five times before I put my foot through their door. And it paid off. And what, what kind of what do you have in your listing presentation that you can share with our audience? Like, is it a certain... Uh, outline or things you say components that you have that are essential now what does that look like yeah um when i go it's not just the presentation it's number it is the presentation number one number two is the delivery i think if you can if you can 
tell stories throughout your presentation and get them to relate to what you're talking about through real life experiences. I like to give my own real life experiences from, you know, from working with other salesmen, from whether, whether it's buying a car or buying a Christmas tree. Um, and I tell them those stories of how I expect to be treated when I'm walking in there and I portray onto them on how I will treat them. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of um, digressing a little bit, but um, yeah. Storytelling thing. Storytelling is like enormous, right? I think one of the couple of things that you've that you said that I think are, is interesting. I've also got some answers for you. You want to listen to top producing agents, Elite Agent Secrets podcast. They're all on air now. At this point, if people who are doing, we got a guy on last week who did a billion dollars this year. Like you want to replicate some of these big dogs? You're like, listen, they're all they're all coming on this show because this is what it's about. It's all people like you and people higher up where you potentially want to go are all sharing how they're doing it. So that you've got no excuse now. You can listen to us whilst you're driving between listings. Yes, and absolutely. The, um, the Yeah, I mean, storytelling's huge, right? This is how humans can kind of vision, uh, put a vision of like the future is through a story and they can they sell themselves on it. So it makes sense that like you're saying, oh, well, I just kind of input my life and stories I've heard into a presentation where you're selling yourself and you're selling their future. So you're selling, you know, uh, the, the the end product that they want to achieve. And you've just got to basically sell yourself as the vehicle to get them there. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. Now, before you go, we're giving access to a private training we did where we revealed the top three niches to get listings today completely for free. So if you want access, you can go and download that training at EliteAgentSecrets.com. We're regularly releasing new trainings, guides, and cheat sheets. So make sure to head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com and sign up so you don't miss out.